Hi, friends, and welcome to the Decision Intelligence Podcast with Cassie Kozarkov. Here's AI stands for Automated Inspiration, a short history of data science read for you by the author. In the 19th century, doctors might have prescribed mercury for mood swings and arsenic for amnesia. It might not have occurred to them to wash their hands before your surgery. They weren't trying to kill you, of course. They just didn't know any better. These early doctors had valuable data scribbled in their notebooks, but each one held only one piece of a grand jigsaw puzzle. Without modern tools for sharing and analyzing information, as well as the science for making sense of that data, there wasn't much to stop superstition from superseding what could only be seen through a keyhole of observable facts. Humans have come a long way with technology since then, but today's boom in machine learning, ML, and artificial intelligence, AI, isn't really a break with the past. It's a continuation of the basic human instinct to make sense of the world around us so that we can make smarter decisions. We simply have dramatically better technology than we've ever had before. One way to think of this pattern through the ages is as a revolution of data sets, not data points. The difference isn't trivial, so let's start at the beginning. No data sets. When the scribes of Sumer, that's modern-day Iraq, pressed their styluses to tablets of clay more than 5,000 years ago, They invented not just the first system of writing, but also the first data storage and sharing technology. If you're impressed by the promise of AI's better-than-human abilities, consider that stationery also gives us superhuman memory. Although it's easy to take writing for granted today, the ability to store datasets reliably represents a groundbreaking first leap on the path to higher intelligence. Unfortunately, retrieving information from clay tablets and their pre-electronic cousins is a pain. You can't snap your fingers at a book and get its word count. Come on, abracadabra book. Instead, you have to upload each word into your brain to process it as you mumble to yourself, one, two, three, four, ten million and one, ten million and two, ten million and three. This made early data analysis time-consuming, so initial forays into it stuck to the essentials. While a kingdom might analyze how much gold it raised in taxes, only an intrepid soul would try the same line of effortful reasoning on an application like, say, medicine, where millennia of tradition encouraged just winging it. Luckily, our species produced some incredible intrepid pioneers. For example, Jon Snow's map of deaths during the 1858 cholera outbreak in London inspired the medical profession to reconsider their superstition that the disease was caused by miasma, that's toxic air, and encouraged them to start taking a closer look at the drinking water. If you know the lady with the lamp, Florence Nightingale, for her heroic compassion as a nurse, you might be surprised to learn that she was also an analytics pioneer. Her inventive infographics during the Crimean War saved many lives by identifying poor hygiene as a leading cause of death, and inspiring her government to take sanitation seriously. The move from the no-dataset era to the one-dataset era took off in earnest as the value of information began to assert itself in a growing number of fields, leading to the invention of the computer. No, not the electronic body you're used to today. Computer started out as a human profession, with its practitioners performing computations and processing data manually to extract its value. So imagine all these people sitting there manually counting the words in a book for you. Those were computers, and then our computers came and took their jobs. (laughs) Go figure. The beauty of data is that it allows you to form an opinion out of something better than thin air. By taking a look at information, you're inspired to ask new questions, following in the footsteps of Florence Nightingale and Jon Snow. That's what the discipline of analytics is all about. 
Inspiring Models and Hypotheses Through Exploration In the early 20th century, the desire to make better decisions under uncertainty led to the birth of a parallel profession, statistics. Statisticians help you test whether it's sensible to behave as though the phenomenon an analyst found in the current data also applies beyond that data. A famous example comes from R.A. Fisher, who developed the world's first applied statistics textbook and is often called the father of statistics. Fisher describes performing a hypothesis test in response to his friend's claim that she could taste whether milk was added to tea before or after the water. Hoping to prove her wrong, he was instead forced by the data to conclude that she could tell the difference. Analytics and statistics have a major Achilles heel. If you use the same data point for hypothesis generation and hypothesis testing, you're cheating. Statistical rigor requires you to call your shots before you take them, whereas analytics is more of a game of advanced hindsight. They were almost tragicomically incompatible. Until the next major revolution, data splitting changed everything. Data splitting is a simple idea, but to a data scientist like myself, it's one of the most profound. If you only have one data set, you must choose between analytics, which gives you untestable inspiration, and statistics, rigorous conclusions to possibly the wrong question. The problem here is that you have only one data set. So what's the hack? Split your data set into two pieces and then have your cake and eat it too. The two data set era replaces the analytic statistics tension with coordinated teamwork between two different breeds of data specialist. Analysts use one data set to help you frame your questions then statisticians use the other dataset to bring you rigorous answers. But such luxury comes with a hefty price tag. Quantity. Splitting is easier said than done if you've struggled to scrape together even one respectably sized dataset. The two-dataset era is a fairly new development that goes hand-in-hand -hand with better processing hardware, lower storage costs, and the ability to share collected information over the internet. In fact, the technological innovations that led to the two-dataset era rapidly ushered in the next phase a three-dataset era of automated inspiration. There's a more familiar word for it, machine learning. Using a dataset destroys its purity as a source of statistical rigor. You only get one shot. So how do you know which um, insight from analytics is worthy of testing? Well, if you had a third dataset, you could take your inspiration for a test drive. Instead of blowing your test dataset, you could sneak a peek at how things do in this third dataset and if you like what you see, then you can go to testing. This screening process is called validation, and it's at the heart of what makes machine learning tick. Once you're free to throw everything at the validation wall and see what sticks, you can safely let everyone have a go at coming up with a solution. Seasoned analyst, intern, tea leaves, and even algorithms with no context whatsoever about your business problem. Whichever solution works best in validation becomes a candidate for the proper statistical test, and you've just empowered yourself to automate inspiration. This is why machine learning is a revolution of data sets, not just data. It depends on the luxury of having enough data for a three-way split. So where does AI fit into the picture? Machine learning with deep neural networks is technically called deep learning, but it got another nickname that stuck, AI. Although AI once had a different meaning, today you're most likely to find it used as a synonym for deep learning. By the way, if that makes you uncomfortable, Check out my article, Are You Using the Term AI Incorrectly? Deep neural networks earned their hype by virtue of outclassing less sophisticated ML algorithms on many complex tasks. But they require much more data to train them, and they come with processing requirements beyond those of a typical laptop. 
That's why the rise of modern AI is a cloud story. The cloud allows you to rent someone else's data center instead of committing to building your own deep learning rig, making AI a try-before-you-buy proposition. With this puzzle piece in place, we have the full complement of professions, ML slash AI, analytics, and statistics. The umbrella term that encompasses all of them is called data science, the discipline of making data useful. Modern data science is the product of our three dataset era, but many industries routinely generate more than enough data. So is there a case for four datasets? Well, what's your next move if the model you just trained gets a low validation score? If you're like most people, you'll immediately demand to know why. Unfortunately, there is no dataset you can ask. You might be tempted to go sleuthing in your validation dataset, but unfortunately, debugging breaks its ability to screen your models effectively. By subjecting your validation dataset to analytics, you're effectively turning your three datasets back into two. Instead of finding help, you've unwittingly gone back an era. The solution lies outside the three datasets you're already using. To unlock smarter training iteration and hyperparameter tuning, you'll want to join the cutting edge, an era of four datasets. If you think of the other three datasets as giving you inspiration, iteration, and rigorous testing, then the fourth fuels acceleration. Shortening your AI development cycle through advanced analytics techniques geared at providing clues as to what approaches to try on each round. By embracing four-way data splitting, you'll be in the best position to take advantage of data abundance. Welcome to the future. I'm Cassie Kozarkov, and this was AI is Automated Inspiration, an article featured in Forbes and read for you by the author. See you next time on the Decision Intelligence Podcast.